and welcome to Retrospection, the podcast where we take an old film or TV show, give it a long, hard stir, and decide if it's a thing of beauty or if it deserves to be taken out back and given a good, hard kicking for a very, very long time. My name's Paul, and I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? I did, yes. And hello, my name's Colin, and you know... You look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> I feel it sometimes. Yeah, I see you feeling it sometimes. Wait. Oh, no, wait. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> we started early, haven't we? Wow. All right. It's a new one for us. It's a than that is. On this episode, we'll be taking a look at They Live from 1988. It's our first John Carpenter movie. Hmm. What I want to choose. <laughs> All right, go. Favorite John Carpenter movie that isn't They Live? Oh, this is really hard because it, it fluctuates between uh, Big Trouble in Little China or The Thing. So, like, sometimes The Thing's at number one and Big Trouble Little China is at 1.5, and then sometimes they reverse. It's very complicated, Colin. I know, it just depends on my mood and, you know, the weather and. Whether the uh, sun is rising over Uranus, you know, things like that. <laughs> Takes a while to do that. Dust, yeah. What a lot of ground to cover there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I'm kind of the same, but mine's a three way. <laughs> Normally is. <laughs> it's between Halloween. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. The Thing or Big Trouble in Little China. Right, yeah. Yeah, I like I Halloween too. I know he's neither of us picked any of his later work. No one said uh, Ghost of Mars or whatever it's called. No, our uh, memoirs of an invisible man. Or Prince of Darkness. Yeah, no. No, no. no. It's a shame. It is, but, you know, he, uh, he did some good things. I also like Assault on Precinct 13. Yes, that's, that's a good one. So that's, that's up one. there. Again, too. his early work. Escape from New York. Oh, of course. See, that's the other one that could be up there. Easily, yeah. easily, yeah. depending on the mood, yeah. Yeah. Always, always good distinction between Escape from New York and Escape from LA. Two very different films. Yeah, they are. One of them's good. <laughs> but They Live was written and directed by John Carpenter, and it was based on the short story Eight O'clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. So uh, They Live stars Rowdy Roddy Piper as Nada, although you never hear it spoken in in the movie, do you? Oh, you don't. No, you never hear his name. Okay, it's just in the credits. Yeah, but so we'll refer to him as Nada. Okay, and it's based, that's the name of a character in the original short story. It also means nothing in Spanish. And it also stars Keith David as Frank, Meg Foster as Holly, with her very, very striking eyes. Very what? Striking eyes. Oh, okay. What do you think I said? Shriking. Sh- striking? <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Well, you're going to tell me the origin of the word shriking now? Yes, <laughs> to shrike. Oh. <laughs> it also stars George Buckflower as Drifter. Great, that's really his name. Drifter, that's all he's called. Yeah. No, no, George no, Buck- no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm picking up. <laughs> that's the one that sounds weird. <laughs> oh, George Buckflower, yeah, that's his name. Okay. As in flower as in plant or flower as in bread? Flower as in plant. Okay and Peter Jason as Gilbert. The plot, according to the always informative IMDb, is a drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. All right, succinct. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's it's accurate for a change. Yeah. Ish. Ish. It was a bit more to it than that, but now the film had a budget of three million and it made thirteen million at the box office, which is pretty decent return, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good profit. Although apparently I did read that the film opened straying at number one, but it quickly disappeared from theatres soon after. Oh. Wonder why. <laughs> it could be that maybe it uh, it rung a few bells with people and they didn't like it very much. It's possible, yeah. Because it does have a lot to say about, particularly at the time, and I think today as well it has a lot to say about consumerism and... I would argue that it's more apt now than it was back then. Absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about it as as, as we go along, but yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. Um, another funny thing that I read is that um, Roddy Piper believed for years that the film was based on a real incident that happened in the 1950s. Did you read this? Yeah, I read that. You thought <laughs> he'd he seen saw... a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> but it turned out to be a comedy short film. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I'd probably do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. For a while, I did think New York had been taken over by a large marshmallow man. <laughs> you mean it wasn't? No, apparently not. Well, I've seen the evidence. I know. So have I. I've even seen the actual buildings and the fire station, so I know they exist. This is, oh, this is news to me. Mm. You could have told me this a while ago. I've been labouring under a false assumption for years. Oh, it's the only bit of labouring I've seen you do. <laughs> I, I move occasionally yeah uh, the lead role was originally written for Kurt Russell but Carpenter ultimately felt that he'd overused him by that point which he had really hadn't he he had but I kind of would have liked seeing Kurt Russell in it because I can always watch Kurt Russell yeah and I can, I can I think he would have suited it as well. yeah I think so too he does he does that whole um, kind of laid back um, slightly confused thing that, that Roddy Piper's trying to do in this movie but does it better I think it's kind of the thing you do on these podcasts laid back and confused <laughs> slightly confused mm. no no I'm not confused because I've got I've done the I've done the notes on this one so okay. yeah I've yeah. done some work I, I did wonder whether John Capita's best films always feature a leading actor that is like a blue collar worker yeah they kind of do don't they I was trying to figure that out and then I was like well in the thing what mm -hmm. is Kurt Russell it turns out he's a helicopter pilot. I'm not sure whether mm -hmm. that's a blue-collar worker job, but he doesn't come across as a helicopter pilot. He comes across no. as a construction worker type person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder. And then John Carpenter's later films, like Memoirs of the Invisible Man is a yuppie, and then, you know, Space and stuff. That, mm -hmm. and so they're less blue-collar workers. And so I just wondered if there was a correlation between the two. I don't know. Do you think he, he identifies more as one of those people? I wondered about that, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was just a thought. There we go. It was a thought. Yeah. <laughs> <Have them> occasionally. <laughs> now, another thing that I read is apparently this is David Icke's favourite John Carpenter movie. Oh, you know why. You know and he why, thinks it's a documentary you? as well, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's a loon. <laughs> yeah, he believes that uh, the, the world is being run by uh, six-foot lizards, doesn't he? Shape-shifting lizards. Yeah, and he is so wrong because they're only five-foot-five. Do you, do you see many of them, Colin? Um, no. Apparently, there's, there's lots of them in the entertainment in industry. Oh, there that? is? Yeah. I'll keep my eye open. Oh, your eye? Yeah, my lizard viewing eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we'll have to wait to see how the scales weigh in on that one, won't we? Oh, boy. 
It's a thing now, isn't it? So shall, shall we listen to the trailer? Yeah, go ahead. Let's play that baby. things want and why are they here you still don't get it do you boy they have recruited the rich and the powerful they're running the whole show wake up they're all about you all around you blind us to the truth take a look they are safe as long as they are not discovered i don't know what they are or where they came from but we gotta stop them stay away from me put these on they have us look at them they're everywhere We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. So that tells you all you need to know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I've been walking around in my neighborhood. Apart from the weird, every time it flashes the word they on the screen, it goes like that. But there's also, you know, the catchphrase uh, I've come to, what is it? Chew bubblegum and kick ass. Yeah, the thing I said at the start of the podcast. Yeah, so yeah. It, in the trailer he says, I've come to chew bubblegum and kick, and then it cuts to lots of shooting and explosions and stuff, and then it cuts back to him and he goes, and chew bubblegum. <laughs> so v- visual violence is okay, but mm. don't say the word ass. No, you can't. You never say the word ass. No, In the, no, in the 80s, no. No, don't kick it. But you can shoot it visually, but don't oh, kick yeah. it. Don't mention you're going to kick it. Yeah. So I but, thought that was funny. No ass at all in the 80s. No. 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 Never got any ass in the 80s. No, but then you ate a lot of food and there it was. <laughs> I think, well, technically, I think it was always there. Oh, you just couldn't see it because it's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things are behind me these days. Mm-hmm. So have you got any uh, little bits of news or tidbits about the movie or shall we just crack on? Or oh, Let's crack on unless you have something. Nope. Okay. Right, I do have stuff, it. but I'll save it for when we're talking about it in the movie. Marvelous. Okay, yeah. Something to look forward to. <laughs> well, we need treat. it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I can see, I can see the glint in your eyes now. You're looking forward to it, aren't you? Oh, that's just the uh, eye drops. <laughs> I thought it was a vodka, actually. But... Don't do it. Never, never touch the stuff. Never touch T- it. Teetotal. You don't have to touch it. You just pour it straight down, don't you? With a straw. Yeah. So I don't use my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Intravenously. There you go. There you go. It's not touching. Yeah. Nope. So we open on a, a run-down part of town, and there's graffiti on the walls, one of which actually says they live. Yeah, fades in, uh, the credit fades into it. I quite like that. Yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah. And we see a man, Nada, and he's trudging along with a backpack on. 
And he looks up at the large, gleaming skyscrapers towering over the slums, doesn't he? Mm. And this music's by John Carpenter, and I kind of like it. Yeah I, yeah, I like some of his songs. I've actually seen him live, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, you saw him early in the year, didn't you? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, it good? It was a, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he Did he do all his hits? He did every, yeah, he did most of the films, and then he had his mm-hmm. son on keyboards too. And The only weird thing about it was the audience were freakingly tall. It was <laughs> lizards, like I was, lizards. yeah, I was in some kind of John Carpenter film because they were all over six foot tall. <laughs> Very strange. Did, were they all, um, did they all have inner eyelids that flicked in and out every so often? I wouldn't know, they were too freaking tall. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear them what? missing? Uh, no, they were smothered by the drum beats of uh, the rocking out John Carpenter. One nice thing was that the Christine car was outside. Oh, that yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of bluesy. This this music, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Tired and bluesy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um. Hello. No, I'm Sam here. I'm just. I'm just reading for them. Oh, okay. What, are we just going to have a podcast with you reading quietly to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is different. It's, this is, it's the relaxing one, you think. Is this what an audio book's like? Because I've never <laughs> really listened to one. It's just someone quietly reading. Oh, you, occasionally you hear a page turn. <laughs> and then you hear someone go, oh. Mm. Well, I didn't see that coming. No. And then they put the book down and sip a cup of tea. And then you just hear him walk off and a door shot, and then it goes, the end. <laughs> well, if, it, if they don't do that, we should start that. Yes, our own audiobooks, which is just that. <laughs> this week we'll be reading Dune. <laughs> yeah, just, unfortunately, though, people will probably write it and go, it's more entertaining than the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and every so often when you have to look up a word, all you hear is, oh, God. This <laughs> 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 page is turning. And then you hear, it means what? Yeah, you go, oh, right, yeah, right, okay. Why did he just say so? <laughs> we've, that's an idea. That's one of the best ideas we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, it's not saying a lot, but... No, it's not. So we've seen how to pass through all the city, um, all the dirty street levels, and um, this city's it, it, it's pretty run down, isn't it? Yeah, so you, yeah. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure when he passes those people and it starts raining that that cardboard's going to keep them dry, is it? No, it's not a happy life. No. It's not a happy life. Oh, it's very profound. Mm. So, uh, he goes into what's, uh, I don't know what the, the American term is, but he goes into a job centre, doesn't he? Uh, Come on, you live there. Yeah, but I've never actually had a job. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they call them here. We'll say job centre. It's a place okay. where you go to find work. Yeah. Labour exchange. I think, no, I think that was 1950s England, wasn't it? <laughs> Are you going back to Sid James? Yeah, I think so. Did he run one? <laughs> yeah, he may well have done. And he um, he goes for an interview with a career advisor, and he tells her that he hasn't had a job since he was in Denver when the work just seemed to dry up. And he gives her his sob story, but she's completely uncurring, almost disgusted by him, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to an interview where the person looks disgusted by you? Um... Don't think so. Not yet. There's plenty of time though, but not yet. Uh, well, have uh, you? I'm not. Uh, no. <laughs> Said in the tone where the word should have been yes. 
You'd have to ask the person interviewing me. I don't know. I would. What's the names and numbers? I'll call them now. <laughs> no, don't do that. I did have a job interview for a certain uh, electrical store that I don't think exists anymore, but but rhymes with Lixons, and oh. uh, <laughs> the the one of the job interview questions, he picked up his pen and said, "Sell me this pen." <laughs> to which my first response in my mind was, "Why? It's, it's already yours." But that, I don't think that he's looking for that really. No, no, no. No. no so, what yeah. did you say? Oh, I talked BS about the pen and mm-hmm. what it does and how it can be used and, you know. You got the job, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, but but I think that was like the the for failing the interview, you get the job. <laughs> Desperation. <laughs> yeah, I think if you'd passed the interview, they'd be like, "No, you don't want to come work in here." Do you, do you think it's a case of if you can walk and talk, then you've got the job? Well. That, Says less about me, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a long time ago. I've never had an interviewer look disgusted at me, but I have been disgusted at an interview. Oh, we've all done that. That's true. So he's back to the walk in the streets, and he passes a street preacher who's given a sermon about being blinded by the truth and um, how there's evil laying unseen in the world, controlling everything. Sounds familiar? Does, yeah. It's very topical. Very. I can see you doing this, you know. Wait, you're going to have to clarify that sentence. Standing on a soapbox, oh. you know, giving the world a what for. Why would I do that? No, I just picture you doing it. You've always, you've always got opinions, Colin. So. Well, we've all got opinions, but, you know, some, sometimes people just don't need to voice them, and sometimes people don't need to hear them, so I don't go around standing on street corners. Well, we do do a podcast, you know. That's yeah, kind that's of a, what we're doing. No, no, ignore that bit. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> don't mention that. I just, I just thought I'd better point it out. You know? But I don't, I don't voice opinions on it. You don't. No, never, never, never. You do to me. Yeah, well, just because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, two, but then two police officers come and arrest the uh, the street preacher, don't they? They do. Yeah. Which, which baffled me later, because we see what? him again. Well, they'd let him out. What are they going to keep him in for? All right, well, we'll wait. We'll discuss it when, when we see him again later. Okay. So later it's night time and Nerda passes a shop window where a person is just mindlessly staring at the TV screens inside. Mm. It's like you watching DC Universe. <laughs> you know, I've actually, I've actually experienced this. I mean, have you ever been to like a dental surgery and there's usually a TV screen in the corner? Yeah. And People just sit there mildly staring at it, don't they? If there's a TV screen anywhere, people will stare at it. Yeah, in a waiting room of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Nader enters um, a homeless slum stroke camp, and he finds a place to sit and rest. And he finds himself staring at someone's TV through their open window, and he's watching some sort of flaky actress talking about never growing old. So he's not um, immune to it either, is he? No, no, he's attracted by, I guess, that life. Mm-hmm. And above, there's a helicopter that seems to be patrolling the camp as well, mm. looking down at everybody. Yeah, always watching. Yeah, they are. Those lizards again. Damn lizards. Yeah, damn lizards. <laughs> damn dirty lizards. <laughs> See, there you go, you're off. Get your soapbox, go and 
Oh, you want me to talk about half an hour about how lizards are ruining the world? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> video it. Get someone to video it. Right. So that when they come and arrest you, uh-huh. I can see it. You can see the arrest taking place? I want place? to see the arrest. I want the whole oh, thing okay. on, on tape. Oh, okay. Yeah. So next on morning... On tape? What are they recording with? <laughs> retrospection, I'm on point. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Next morning, Nerda enters a construction site and he asks for work. And he says uh, he's got his own tools, which seems to get him the job. It would. I mean, you've got a guy who comes in. You don't need to give him any of his tools because he's got his own. Brilliant. Well, I mean, let's face it. You don't want to be handling someone else's tool, do you? No, always keep your tools by your side. Keep it clean. Yeah. The tool, I mean. Oh, I thought you meant the show. <laughs> when will we ever do that? I try. You do, really? Okay. You're not trying very hard these days, are you? No, it's like fighting an ever-ending tide. Of filth. Yeah. So the foreman tells him it's a union job, and Nada asks if he can talk to the person in charge. So presumably, now having got the job, Nada is wearing a hard hat, shirtless, and he's digging. Yeah. Why do you take his shirt off? Because it's hot. No one else is taking the shirt off. Because he's hotter than everybody else. Do you mean he's hot? Do you mean he's hot? No, he's not temperature-wise, I'm talking. Not like, you know. Plus, he's the main stairs. So he's got to show his muscles. This is true. This is true. <clears throat> and we see Frank, who's also digging, and he watches Nada, and uh, he seems to want to keep up with his work ethic, doesn't he? So he starts to dig as fast as he does. Yeah, I don't know why. I'd be like, look at that idiot. I did like his purple vest that he was wearing. That's true. Yeah, you like purple vests. Yeah, I'm going to get one. Maybe, ah, maybe Nada took his shirt off because that's the only shirt he's got and doesn't want it all sweaty and dirty because how's he going to, you know, clean it? Because he's got no other clothes. That does make sense. And that tracks because he, he doesn't wear any other clothes in the movie, does he? No, because he's just got that little backpack. God, he's better, better smelly. What? I just want to see where he was going with it and then see if he got any surveillance. No, he wasn't going anywhere with it. I just, he's, I bet he's smelly. He probably is, yeah. Well, I don't know. He has a wash. It's just... You know, he has to wash his clothes every night, I guess. It's very romantic when their eyes meet, though, isn't it? Across the uh, construction floor. Frank and Nada. Yeah. I mean, there is a bit of a bromance going on between them. I guess so. So later, Nada is uh, taking a break, and the foreman warns him about sleeping on the site. You've been warned about that a few times, right? <laughs> well, no. After a liquid, <laughs> liquid lunch? Well, you know, the sleeping isn't the same as passing out. It's two, oh, two different okay. things. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So Nada asks the foreman when he's going to get paid, and he says Thursday. Right. You can I get the impression that he's not going to get paid? Uh, I always think oh. that everything looks a bit a bit dodgy at this uh, construction site. Well, they have a union, so... Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it's just my natural untrustworthiness of, of uh, authority, I think. Oh, okay. I wonder what he was going to say then. But all right, yeah, okay. What did you think I was going? You don't don't like authority, right? You're always sticking it to the man. That's what I know about you, Paul. Always a rebel. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's what, a, we used to a... co- that's what we used to call you at school. That's not the one I remember. No. No. But I am a rebel without a cause. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got a cause. <laughs> Actually, I do. I'm drinking one now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Product placement for a beer you don't even like. Yeah, feel free to send me some though. I'll drink it if you want to. Okay. I don't mean you. I mean. Oh, I was like, I'm not yeah. shipping you, but you can <laughs> buy it from yourself from your own supermarket. 
it's the same crap we make here. I know, I know, but it's 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 easy Cheap. to yes, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank approaches and he asks if Nada needs a place to stay, telling him that there's a shelter nearby that he's headed to himself. But Nada just kind of blanks him, and Frank just shrugs and walks off. He's being very rude, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know why he does this. Is it because he doesn't want charity? I think it's a bit of that. Um, but he's I mean, just cause... coming off. He's coming off as just a bit of a dick at this point, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, if anyone needs charity, it's this guy. <laughs> at some point, you have to go. You know what? Yeah, I'll take the room because I've only one shirt and it needs cleaning. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think there might also be a, a little bit of a thing that he's wondering whether he's he's uh, it's a lie and he's trying to pick him up or something? Oh, I didn't really think about that. I suppose. But it could just be me and where my mind goes, but... Yeah, I mean, you think that about everybody. Well, they're trying to pick me up. Yeah. That's because they are, Colin. Yeah, but then, you know, remember when those years ago, Santa Claus, he sat on his knee, he wasn't doing what you said he was doing. <laughs> he was unwrapping me present. What he was doing. Well, as long as he wasn't pulling your cracker. Oh! <laughs> he was sucking on me candy cane. This is terrible. I know. That's the worst. <laughs> so they leave, and Frank notices that Nerd is following him. Until at last, they're, um, they seem to be walking side by side. That's right, yeah. Frank stops and says to Nerd, I don't like being followed unless I know why. And Nerd replies, I don't like joining up with anyone till I see where he's going. So there we go. We've, we, we've explained it. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it Frank is all turns around. Frank turns around and goes, you know, that makes no sense whatsoever, right? There's a lot of lines in this film that don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, they just sound good. It's very flirty, though, isn't it? Is that how you flirt? You follow them home, and then when they say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like being followed, you say, well, I don't like going anywhere until I know where they're going. I just think I've met my wife. Uh, okay, yeah. You know, if you do something enough times, eventually something sticks. Right. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah, someone screamed. <laughs> that's, that's one of the ones, that's one of the in, ones I was but, working on earlier. <laughs> but in, your, uh, in this, your wife and you relationship, who's Frank and who's Nada? Well, obviously I'm Nada, aren't I? Okay. Actually, that means that my wife's a, a 50-year-old um, grouchy black guy, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's about right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice knowing you. Yeah, I know. It's called Harry Carey, isn't it? I, I think he... Didn't he used to be a piano player and singer? No, that was his son. Oh, Junior. Junior, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So at the shelter, we see a sort of uh, encampment, don't we, where people are getting by, serving food, sewing clothes, etc., all kind of looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. And Frank introduces Nada to Gilbert. What you got in that pack? Tools? It's a bit rude, isn't it? Just ask someone what they got in their backpack. I, I thought he was calling them names. He's like, what you got in that pack? Tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says that he could use help with um, a broken shower, doesn't he? Yeah, which, does he ever help him with the shower? Probably not. No. No. We don't see it, so it probably no. didn't happen. He doesn't really yeah. do much to contribute his uh, stay at this place, really, does he? No, he just stands around watching people most of the time. Yeah, and then he kind of shafts them later anyway, doesn't he? I'm sorry. He, he screws them over. Oh, okay. But he steals from them, basically. Oh, they're kind of. Mm-hmm. So they line up for food, and for some reason, Nerda ends up getting extra portions. 
Well, he's a growing lad. I think he's, he. I think the uh, the lady serving the food takes uh, a shine to him, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, he's a big hunk of meat, isn't he? So that's what was on his plate too. <laughs> I think it was beans, actually. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I want to. want an extra helping the beans, do you? No, keep a wide berth of him. Yeah. So Frank and Nerda are sat eating and talking. Frank tells him about his family. He had a wife and two kids, and he hasn't seen them in six months. <sighs> I can only dream about it. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> it's a joke. You really are sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he lost his job at the steel company when he got screwed over by the people in charge. And he's really, really angry about this, isn't he? He is, yeah. But Nada just sits there and then tells him that he needs to have a bit more faith in America because he believes in the system. He does, yeah. The system's not really been helping him out, has it, really? No, and it, it, it kind of changes halfway through the film, this attitude. Mm. Like, they both seem to switch places. They do, don't they? Yeah. So after eating, they walk through the camp and Frank is still moaning about getting shafted by the system. <laughs> you you quickly dump him, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's like, oh, give it a break, Frank. Mm. And they look out at the cityscape, and Nada says that he believes in America. And if you follow the rules, you can make it. Good luck with that, then. Hey. Is that working, working out for you, Colin? Obviously. Is that it? Yeah. What do you say? <laughs> what you but, you, but you've got a podcast. <laughs> Fuck, so... that goes on the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> so walking through the camp at night, um, Nada sees more people mindlessly watching TV, one of which is um, The Drifter. He's an old guy. Mm -hmm. Never stands still. Never stands still. No, he's always drifting. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh, I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly static fills the TV screen and a man appears, talking about how people are being duped into an artificial sense of waking sleep and that scientists have discovered signals being broadcast over the televisual airwaves. Is he watching the... Channel 5 again? <laughs> Nobody's watching Channel 5. Ah, oh, okay. That the underclass and the poor are growing and that people are being oppressed. I know that feeling. I'm, I'm being oppressed. oppressed? I'm oppressed. Yeah. Are you? Mm, Goodbye. Everybody. Everybody oppresses you? Everybody oppresses me. Yeah. Poor you. <sighs> anyway. But the drifter refers to um, this man as the hacker. What, that dance that the New Zealand rugby team do? Oh, where they, where they're sticking out their tongues and going, Bleh. I think there's more to it than just that. Well, you know, I mean, I was, I was that's the kind of thing that's the kind of thing you do on a Monday morning. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't no one comes in and going, Oh, see you doing the hacker again, Paul. It's more like the kind of thing I do on a Friday night about three o'clock. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not. I don't I can um, I don't I haven't thrown up in years. Okay, thanks for that information. <laughs> If your doctor's listening, he's pleased. <laughs> he should be. Hmm. And uh, the drifter's just annoyed by the whole thing. Blow it out of your ass, he says. Did you like that? What? Which bit? The impression? Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? Uh, uh, All right. And Nida notices that the street preacher man's come back. And suddenly, Gilbert takes him over to a, a church across the road where they seem to be arguing before they go inside. Now, this mm -hmm. is what I was talking about. I was surprised to see this guy again. Ah. Why did they let him out? Well, now I've just suddenly thought of something. Maybe they let him out because they're following him, and that's how they later know where the church is. Ah, of course. Yes. I can see why you took that screenwriting class. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so I wouldn't have to do podcasts. Look how well that's gone. <laughs> I'm going to say, how's that working out for you, Colin? <laughs> Brilliantly. Now, I'm assuming that Nerd is finding this whole thing intriguing, isn't he? I mean, it's kind of hard to tell through uh, Roddy Piper's performance, really, but I'm presuming that's what's going on. He has a very uh, laid-back performance. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think of him in this movie? I don't dislike him, mm-hmm. but I think there are many actors who could have done a better job. Yeah, as we said, Kurt Russell. He would have brought yeah. something extra to it. Although, yeah, apparently... John Carpenter's gone on record, and so did um, Keith David, that um, Roddy Piper really took this seriously. He threw everything he had into it. Yeah, that's still not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. He, I'm, I mean, he, he, I, I like him in the film. I don't have a problem with him. And he's done some stuff that's entertaining. He's, he did uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah, that's true. That's a good film. Well, you know, good as an enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's done a lot of TV. He was in an episode of Highlander. He played an immortal. Well, you can't have everything. <laughs> I'm going to get you to do that one day, you know. What, Highlander? Yeah. Well, well that'll be fun for it's you. Coming up. It's coming up. So uh, it's the next day, and Nerda's heading out when he bumps into Gilbert. So Nerda says to Gilbert that choir practice went on a little late last night. But Gilbert shrugs it off with a line about using the kitchen light. Yeah. And we see the hacker again talking about people being used as cattle and that the signal needs to be cut off at the source. Daddies. <laughs> oh, my God. You moan at me. <laughs> Do you know what? Before they, cut the, before they cut it off at the source, I think they need to get the full HP on it all. Don't you? Colin? Sorry, I'm just the tumbleweed that rolled past me. I mean, Nerd is operating really, really behind the scenes on this. He needs to catch up on it, doesn't he? Holy shit, you got a load of these? You worked on these? <laughs> I didn't, they're just going to me. They genius, can, isn't it? Can you, can you stop it? Can you get some like tinfoil helmet or something to stop these thoughts from invading <laughs> your brain? I'll work on it, I'll work on it. Okay, <clears throat> wow. All right. So, um... You're still thinking of Mar. I can see in your face. I'm not. I'm not. There's no no more sauce jokes. No more sauce. <sighs> okay. No more, no more sauce. The bottle's dry. Um, and when the signal is being interrupted by the hacker, people complain about headaches, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nerda watches Gilbert run over to the church, where the sound of singing can be heard. They're having mm-hmm. a choir practice, apparently. Yep. And with a wry smile, Nerda. Sh- Whoa. He does what? a wry smile? He does a wry smile. Right. It's either that or he's got wind. I can't... Okay. One or the other. Wry smile. All right. Yeah. Nada shiftily sort of heads over, doesn't he? And then he slips inside. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> what he does. I'm just laughing. He's a wry smile. He's shiftily slipping. He's like... <laughs> Is he a ninja? <laughs> I've put some work into these. Come on. Oh, yeah, you mean you've, you've got your book of adjectives? <laughs> no. All right, go on. So, I mean, these people have taken him in. Mm-hmm. They've, they've fed him. They've given him mm-hmm. somewhere to sleep. And he goes snooping around inside their church. All because he saw Gilbert and the preacher man having an argument. Yeah, he doesn't come across as a nice guy. Really? No. But there's worse to come from other people in this. Yeah. So inside the church, Nerda discovers what looks like some lab equipment and a load of sunglasses laid out on a table. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a banner on the wall that reads, they live, we sleep. That's how I spent most of my formative years. It is, yeah, I remember. I went to school with you. <laughs> well, we, we all slept a lot, didn't we? Um, yeah, although some, some of us students slept more than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we used to have a guy, didn't we, that used to uh, fall asleep in class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We want to leave it there, shall we? Yeah, let's leave it there. In case he listens to us. He doesn't, but I mean, maybe he dozes through the podcast. But in fairness, most of our listeners do that. It's true. <laughs> so a large reel to reel tape recorder is playing the singing. So there's there's not a real quiet practice going on at all. No, and there's, no. There's, yeah, there's a wire leading from the reel to reel tape recorder that leads into the main room of the church. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the main room of the church called? Um, it's called the uh, big room. The big room with the chairs in. That's <laughs> 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 what it is, isn't it? It's a big room with chairs in. Wow. So, well, oh, clearly you went to a C of E school. I did. Did you? Pews. I beg your pardon. It's not need to be rude. They're called pews, aren't they? The seats are. Yeah, pews. Right. What, what's a vestibule then? Look at, him, when... look at him desperately trying to think of something. <laughs> That's when a, a drunk police officer arrests you. I vestibule you in the name of the law. No. Vestibule, you no vestibule in the name. No, no. Okay, move no. on. Well, he's in the big. He's in the big room with the chairs. <clears throat> in the big room. In the big room with the chairs. Well, you know, he, God's called the big guy, so big room. This fine. is true. He's going to need a big room, isn't he? He is. He's a big guy. So Gilbert's in the room, and he's leading um, some kind of a meeting with some of the people from the camp. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the pointlessness of breaking into the signal again, um, that the hacker's wasting time. And that um, another man suggests putting the first shipment out onto the streets, but we don't know what the shipment is yet, do we? No, we, we think it's drugs. Well, I think that's what probably Nada thinks, isn't it? It does, although all the sunglasses laid out on the table would think he's in Bono's workroom. But... <laughs> Maybe they're very bright drugs. Yeah, yeah, so mm-hmm. bright you have to wear shades. Hey. And while he's listening in the other room, Nerda stumbles over a box. Well, he stumbles, he almost falls over, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I do Acting. like the fact that he's not he's not perfect. No, he's clumsy in some ways. Mm-hmm. And Gilbert doesn't think that they have enough to reach enough people. We still don't know what, though. So Nerda finds a secret compartment in the wall, but suddenly he's grabbed by the preacher. Oh, we don't want to be grabbed by the preacher. Oh, that's always painful. Yeah, you only grab by the preachers, no. Mm-hmm. Unless you can do the, you know, Catholic sign, spectacles, testicles, wallet and watch. I think that would help. It would, yeah. It ward them off, right? It would what? Ward them off. Ward them off. Yes. All right, okay. You know, is that a new phrase for you? No, 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 no. It just it doesn't, it didn't, never struck me as something that I knew you, that you were aware of, Colin. I'm always warding preachers off. <laughs> <laughs> And the preacher starts to feel Nada's face and hands. All oh, right, yeah, because let's, let's rem- just remind our audiences that he's blind. Well, I, this is the first time I realised he was blind, because there's nothing in that first scene where you see him in the street that, that tells you he's blind, is there? 
There must be something, because I knew he was blind. Yeah, but you already knew he was blind, because you'd seen this movie before. No, Can I mean, the first time I saw it. You yeah, did. yeah. Because the way he was moving and the fact that... <laughs> the way he was moving? <laughs> the fact blind that... move a certain way, Colin. I want to see a guy of this one, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that someone refers to him as the blind preacher. No, they don't. <laughs> you don't remember if they do or not. You're thinking about it now and you're desperately trying to remember. I'm going to go no. All right. All right. Yeah, I knew he was blind. All right. So Nerda legs it out of there just as a chopper buzzes overhead. Oh. Watch <laughs> out for the preacher. <laughs> so later, the drifter is talking about a plague of violence hitting the streets. As Frank uh, watches Nerda taking bino- binoculars. A, a no, plague of violence? No, a, pl- a plague of violence. Oh, okay. Phew. For a minute, that first plague of violins. Oh, I... that'd be awful. All that screechiness. <laughs> What's wrong with a violin? Oh, one violin's fine. A few violins is okay, but a plague? No, 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 no. You ever watched anyone pluck it? Beg your pardon? P- plucking a violin. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting watching someone pluck a violin. Yeah. Well, it's not the way it's designed to be played, is it? It's interesting. It can be played plucked, yes. I think that's the first thing you learn. Is it? Yeah, I believe so. Is this, <laughs> it's the same thing that you believe that... Um... <laughs> That he was a blind preacher. Yeah. <laughs> All that's right. right. Okay. But, um... Where'd you get your information from? Oh, oh, many, many sauces. Many sauces? If you, if you do a ketchup <laughs> or an HP joke at this point, you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, where do you stand on salad cream? I try not to. It's slippy. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um... I do like sour cream, though. Don't get yeah. it over here. Do you not? Nope, don't make it. I'll send you some. No, the last time you sent me some white gooey stuff in, through the mail, it caused a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, they never traced it back to me. Well, they could have used DNA. There's no DNA in it. Oh, yeah, I've heard that about <laughs> you. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah, so the Drifter's talking about a plague of violence hitting the streets... As Frank watches Nerda taking binoculars and he's watching Gilbert load boxes into a truck. So Frank asks what he's looking at and Nerda tells him about the lab. But Frank just tells him to leave it alone. He doesn't want to make any waves. No, his name's not Katrina. No, it would be funny if it was though, wouldn't it? That would be Katrina Nerda. Are you making any waves? Eh, maybe. Just, Just occasionally. Once. And then bit. you'll never hear from me again. Oh, no, they they, they um, represented the uh, Great Britain at the Eurovision Song Contest in the 90s. In the 90s? Yeah. Good. <laughs> is that it? Good. Oh, there you go. All right. Wait, wait, she's not English, is she? No. That doesn't seem to matter. Anymore. It doesn't really for the Eurovision Song Contest, does it? No, it doesn't. Weird that. Right. It's almost like it's a pointless event. I know, who'd have thought it? Oh, well. Frank doesn't want to make any waves. He just wants to walk the white line, as he says. Wait, so this is the thing now. So Frank doesn't want to cause any problems. No. When previous in the conversation, Frank was the one rebelling and Nerda was the one that didn't want to cause any problems. So what is it, Frank? It's almost like he's inconsistently written, isn't it? 
yeah, do you want to cause problems and rebel against the man and everything, or do you not want to? I don't mind, whichever it is, just choose one. So indecisive. Yeah. You wouldn't catch us doing that, would you? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Wait. Uh, no. Maybe. A little bit. Not at all. Some. Occasionally. Never. And Nerder has a really good line here as well. He says, white line's the middle of the road, and that's the worst place to drive. It is. Good line. I, I like, there are, as I said, there are some great lines in this film. Some of them don't make sense and are totally inappropriate but to the conversation that's happening, but mm-hmm. they are great lines. But just as an aside, which one would you be here? I mean, I'd obviously be the maverick tough guy, wouldn't I? You'd be Frank, <laughs> wouldn't you, playing it safe? <clears throat> that's the kind of ro- that's the roles we have in life, isn't it? That's the way it's... Yeah, when I look at you, I see maverick tough guy. Uh, thank I you. Do not- I do not see Play-Doh. <laughs> you, yeah. you, are, you, you know, you are what you are. Yeah, Maverick Tough Guy. Maverick Always tough. farted myself at school. That, in fact, that was your nickname at school. Paul Maverick Tough Guy Wood. <laughs> Absolutely. Tough yeah. Wood. That's what they used to call it. Tough Wood? Tough wood. Yeah. No, that was for a whole different uh, reason. Okay. Occasionally, someone will call you balsa, but they were just, you know, taking the piss. <laughs> I couldn't have been balsa. I never broke. I know, but you bent. <laughs> I didn't mean it the way it sounded. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> so later, it's night, and Nada's still watching the church through binoculars. Did you not bother um, going to sleep or moving or anything? No, nope, still in the same position. Up. I mean, what else is he going to do? Go to work? He doesn't seem to do that anymore, either. Yeah, that's... He's just got this job, and he doesn't even seem to go anymore. Well, are we on the same day still? I'm sure we've had two nights now, haven't we? Two nights, okay. So, mm. well, we're at night, so maybe he went to work, we just didn't see him. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Well, suddenly the chopper's back, and people start making... <laughs> Sorry, the word chopper. I know, it's just... I suddenly... Do you remember a TV show, Australian, when we were kids, called Chopper Squad? Chopper Squad, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time. Never seen it since. Yeah, I mean, it was it was old when we used to watch it, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Sixties yeah. thing, wasn't it? I believe so. But it was Australian, right? Australian yeah. helicopter rescue squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Chopper squad. Yeah. The best anyway. squad to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah. You'd want to be in the chopper squad, wouldn't you? I know. Every year you get a rise. Anyway, uh, suddenly the chopper's back, as I said. Mm-hmm. People start making a run for it as Gilbert leads the preacher from the church. And cop cars scream to a halt and SWAT teams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got visions of cop cars going, ah! As they all break. They're just cop cars going, ah! <laughs> I could see it in my head as I wrote. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just screaming away. So they scream to a halt. And uh, SWAT teams just start piling into the camp with machine guns and riot shields. And a bulldozer just starts to flatten everything. And uh, some people run into the cops, but they're just pushed aside, aren't they? It's all a bit mm. brutal, this bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is rather over the top for what's it going is. on. It is. But all through it, Nada just looks unimpressed by it all, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't help, doesn't do anything. No, he just kind of stands around watching it all, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And Frank makes a run for it. Oh, he yells at Frank, though. And then Frank looks at him and then runs away. <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's true. 
finally, Nida thinks that maybe he'd better run for it too, as uh, shotguns start getting fired around, don't they? They do. And the police corner the priest, and they beat him with nightsticks. And Nida, again, just watches, doesn't he? Yeah. Just sort of slowly backing away from it. Mm-hmm. Usually in a movie like this, the hero would uh, he'd try to do something, wouldn't he? He would, but this one, nothing. Nope. Well, he doesn't, again, he doesn't want to get his clothes dirty, as we've said, do we? No, one shirt. Yeah, one shirt. You don't want blood on it. It's the worst oh, stain. Actually, just... no, it's not, it's not the worst stain, is it? Oh, what is? Salad cream. Is that worse than blood? Oh, you, once you get salad cream in there, you can't get it out. The thing that's really disturbing is you've had a mixture of both on the same <laughs> shirt. <laughs> but not one, at the one, same time. One... Oh, I was going to say it was at the same time, just one doesn't want to wonder how that happened. So, uh, so back to the film. And Nerda backs away, and he notices a, a young guy huddled in a corner. Mm-hmm. And he helps him up, and they run away. That's the first time he's done something that's not about himself. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But more cops are blocking the alley, so they climb through a window into a building. And outside, the cops are getting more and more violent, aren't they? Yeah. In the building, Nerda leaves the boy with a small group of people who are hiding. And he watches the carnage through the slots in a boarded-up window. This whole thing's a lot like... Um, you think the, the, the connotations with kind of like Nazis raising the ghetto is kind of... Um... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't do an Elvis joke then. <laughs> Don't do Elvis jokes. <laughs> He's the king. He is, he is. Which reminds yeah. me, that's the other John Carpenter film. I've, I've got that on Blu-ray and I've still not watched it. Oh, Elvis, starring, yeah. starring Kurt Russell. It holds up, actually. It's, it's, it's not that bad. I'm happy to. I think it's a little long. That's why I haven't got around to watching it. I thought it was a TV movie. It is, yeah. It is. Okay, but yeah. it got theatrically released in places, didn't it, as well? Yes, I believe so. So it's morning and Nada surveys what's left of the camp. Not much. There's a few chairs and clothes that the survivors are picking through. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to the church, but there's nothing left there either. And kicking in the secret compartment that he found, he finds a sealed box and quickly heads into an alley with it. It's a nice shot of him walking into the alley. It is, but the alley doesn't really seem to be the same location as where that camp is. Yeah, he's kind of like he's walking around the corner and now he's in the middle of the city. Yeah, it's... I think there's odd. a time difference, isn't there? That Yeah, because yeah. he's been walking for a while. I guess so. Now, this is where I'm guessing that he thinks that there's something he can sell in this box. Maybe it's drugs or something. Yep. He seems really pleased that he's managed to get this box, doesn't he? Absolutely. But opening the box, it just contains lots and lots of sunglasses. Oh, I only hate and, that. I know. And confused, although I'm, it's hard to tell with Roddy Piper, but I'm assuming he's confused. He puts the box at the bottom of a trash can and he keeps one set of the glasses for himself and he goes and takes a walk. Now, I'm guessing he's hit these because he's going to come back to them later for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he's just starring them. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but he is. Or maybe he just thinks maybe I can sell these later or something. Yeah, that's true. So out on the street, he puts on the glasses and he quickly takes them off again when they seem to make everything appear in black and white. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about that? <laughs> well, there's, there's other things that happen too. Yeah, well, that's the first thing he sees though, isn't he? He's looking at, the, at his feet as he's walking and, everything, and it's in black and white. Ah, okay. So he puts them back on. And he finds that he can see hidden messages and billboards and signs all around the city. Obey, marry and reproduce, no independent thought, consume. It's like being back at school, isn't it? Yeah, who'd have thought your wife would stick all these posters everywhere? <laughs> That's what I see around the house. Yeah. Actually, in I, got, earnest, I, don't, I don't need to be told to consume. 
I know you manage that quite well on your own, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're like a little Pac-Man. <laughs> or eating ghosts. <laughs> yes, I've seen a, you gobble a spectre in your time. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a great shot of the city through the glasses. It's all stark signs, as far as the eye can see. It probably looks better because it's in black and white. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks good in black and white. He does, he does. So putting the glasses back on, Nada stumbles around the city and he passes a newsstand where all the magazines and have the covers that say things like um, obey and marry and consume, all subliminal messages. And people seem to be unaware of all of this, don't they? He notices. Mm-hmm. Wait, so marry, pick... marry and consume? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, how you do it? Am I, have I done it wrong? You're not supposed to eat her. Well, <laughs> well, well, you know, <laughs> Never mind. only on a Friday. <laughs> Move on. So he picks up a mag and he flicks through it and the pages just keep saying things like, buy, stay asleep, do not question authority. It's like me waiting through Amazon. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but thinking, though, that, you know, it's no wonder that the print medium's dying if this is what they're printing, is it? I know, it's not very interesting, right? It's not. No. So then he looks up at a businessman who asks him, what's the problem? And I'll tell you what the problem is. If you want me to tell you. No, let's finish here. Okay, so that... <laughs> Go on, tell well, me Give me something, give me something to work with. Hold on. <laughs> tell me the problem. Very good. Through the glasses, the man's face is a grotesque, bulging-eyed, alien zombie-looking thing. Uh... <laughs> I've had reflections that look like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you had dates that look like that. No. <laughs> No, no dates. <laughs> oh, no, that was that was a bit patronising. It? it was a bit, yeah. No, it wasn't a little. It was a lot. <laughs> so Nerda raises and lowers the glasses a few times, showing us that you can only see the aliens' true faces when you're wearing those glasses. Mm. And the newsstand owner tells him to get lost, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's fed up with him doing what we used to spend large amounts of time doing in Smiths of Wigan. Yeah, I miss those which days. Is Reading the magazines and never buying a single one. <laughs> well, you'd buy one, wouldn't you? You just would read the other ten. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all the computer magazines. Yeah. Starburst. Star, Star, you remember Starburst? I do, yeah. Still going. Is it? Yeah. As a print magazine? I think so, yeah. Well, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Good for Starburst. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, patronising. That well, wasn't as good great, for you, know, Starburst. In this day and age when print media of magazines is dying, and the only one that seems to be doing well is Infinity Magazine. Mm. Friends of the show. <laughs> well, yeah. Printed my letter. A little stretch, but okay. <laughs> and, and, and Cinema Retro Magazine, which I get every quarter. You just want it free, don't you? Just try it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take a free subscription to Infinity. And beyond. Well, I'd like it longer. But... Uh, well, won't we all, Paul? Won't we all? <laughs> you can't get longer than Infinity, though, can you? No, but everyone starts doing that Infinity plus 10, which makes no sense. Yes, I know. I know. My son does that. Oh, he does? But he's an idiot. Yeah. And I like that when Nerda looks down at the uh, the money in the guy's hand, it has this, um, this is your God printed all over it, doesn't it? Well, on the American it actually says in God we trust anyway. Ah, so it's not that far off. For those of you at home, Colin's now holding up a, what is it, a $1 bill? Yeah. 
Yeah, all that's that? all I have. <laughs> you don't expect that, do you? I'll tell you what, you should see the, the moth holes in it. Unbelievable. Wait, I haven't ironed this one. You won't see Colin putting his hand in his pocket very often. Actually, no, you will. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that one wrong. Yeah, it very early gets out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. So moving on, Nerda passes through a traffic light, which through the glasses has a radio antenna attached to it. Yeah, okay. So that, and we hear a sound, right? Mm-hmm. So how do these glasses make you hear sounds that no one else can hear? Yeah, true. True. And has no one actually grabbed a hold of a traffic light and accidentally found this invisible thing that's spinning around on top of it? Why would anyone be grabbing the tops of traffic lights? It could happen. How? <laughs> All right, so say there's a... Okay, let, work, work with me on this. Okay, so say that there's go. a guy up a cherry picker and he's working on a tree. <laughs> and he accidentally... Working on a tree. Working on a tree. <laughs> I'm doing I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you're working what on a I tree. Do? Wait, wait, wait. What am I doing with this tree? What's you're, wrong you're, with the tree? You're, you're cutting the branches. Cutting the branches. Not <laughs> 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 like that. What the hell are you doing? That's the saw sound of cutting the branches. All right. Uh, can you do it less vigorously? Why you, is this a sensitive tree? Saw. You've got an electric saw. Oh. <laughs> That's even more disturbing. All right, so I'm cutting the tree. Yeah, yeah, just you're, you're cutting the tree. Take this tree. Ha <laughs> And then all of a sudden. The, the, a bus comes around the corner and it hits the cherry picker. A bus? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's come around the corner. Okay, all right, all right. Bus all right. Oh, my God, look at the bus. It hits it. Hits it. So you go toppling out from the cherry picker. Whoa. You fall out of the little basket thing that you're standing in. Uh, yeah, I'm still falling, come on. Yeah, And the only thing you've got to grab a hold on to mm-hmm. before you hit the ground is the top. But then you find that you've grabbed a hold of this invisible thing. What the hell? And then Donald Duck appears. Wait, what? (laughs) Why would Donald Duck appear? I'm throwing in a curveball. See if you can run with it. Okay. First first rule of improv. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I must be going quackers. Oh, there we go. (laughs) As seen. (laughs) Thank you. There we go. That's very good. All right. Yeah, I can see that happening every day. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so someone could have touched it. Absolutely. I was wrong. What a fool I was. So Nerda goes and looks into a her salon, and there's humans and aliens getting their hair done together. Yeah. While on the street, an alien woman is putting luggage into her car with the help of an unwitting human. Mm-hmm. And this this is a weird shot. This because it's kind of like back projected, isn't it? They're not actually in the real street. Did you notice that? I did not notice this. Yeah, it's the one shot of the whole thing where he's walking around the street, which is back projected. Oh, I wonder if they thought they needed it afterwards. Probably. And then they just had a shot of him looking at something to get a reaction. Yeah. I do like the fact that um, the aliens are behaving very human-like. You know, because they would, because to remain hidden, wouldn't they? Well, so they, yeah. they're, they're talking like, you know, they're gossiping. What was um, you expecting? Why? Yeah, Costia. Yeah. I mean, why would they be anything different to try to take over the world? But you see, it's a funny image, isn't it? Seeing yeah, it these is. About aliens talking about the weather and stuff. And have That's you seen true. that thing on TV and and mm. the game and things like that? The game? Oh, the, ge- the sports game. Yeah, 
yeah, kicky ball stuff, right? It's almost, it's almost like that they've, they've completely bought into this materialistic consumerist lifestyle that humans have, isn't it? Oh, you think the aliens are as bad as the people now? Yeah. Interesting. Or oh. are we as bad as the aliens? Maybe we've consumed the aliens. Could be. Like, Could like be. They've, they've invaded, but now we've invaded them. It's very deep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do deep. Let's move on. Yeah, all right. I, I lost my thread then. Yeah. Almost like a real film podcast. <laughs> don't do that. People will get confused. We tried that. It didn't work. No, go back. Go back to the uh, the, the improv of <laughs> tree cutting. Go back to knob jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're at your best, Paul. Exactly. So Nada enters the supermarket and he sees aliens shopping with humans, gossiping and discussing their jobs. So on a TV, there's an alien giving a speech, and Nada whispers to himself, "It figures it'd be something like this." And he says it in a kind of um, happy way, doesn't he? He thinks the whole thing's funny. Yeah, I guess he does. Mm -hmm. like it's a game in some ways. Yeah. And an alien woman walks into him, and with a crazy laugh, Nerda tells her, your head looks like it fell into a cheese dip back in 1957. It does, yeah. Which is the line you used. I like that line, but I have no idea what a cheese dip is. It's cheese oh. that you dip things into. Excellently explained. That's what I wanted. Now I'm enlightened beyond belief. <laughs> I've dipped. You've dipped cheese, haven't you? <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not joking. You must have dipped cheese. In what? I mean, you no, dip no, things do, in cheese. Yeah, that's what I mean. You must have dipped something in, into cheese in the past, surely. Yeah, I've, I've dipped things into cheese. Well, there you go. You know what a cheese dip is, don't you? I guess I do. You're right. It's a stupid conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've never dipped anything into cheese. Have you not? Oh, you've never no. lived. You you want to get some cheese and dip something and in it? Dip stuffing into it. Okay. Yeah. But well, I usually cut the cheese and put the cheese on top of things. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. If you get some mm. nice soft cheese, you can dip something into it. I'm not sure I like soft cheese. How can you not be sure? You either do or you don't, don't you? Well, no, because I don't know if I've ever really tried soft cheese. Most of the cheeses I've tried are hard. I guess brie. Brie's soft cheese, right? Yeah, it's smelly though, isn't it? I like brie. Do you? Oh, I, yeah. feel, I feel there's a joke coming on here. No, that's no joke. I was waiting for a pun. <laughs> no, no joke. <laughs> wow. No, you've ruined it, Paul. Let's move on, because you've, you've built up a joke that doesn't exist. Only in your mind. <laughs> you could figure something. Go on. I'm trying, but there's nothing that could go with brie. You know, if we start making cheese dogs, it, jokes, it's just going to go on again like the chocolate bar thing. Yeah, that's right. We'll be on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And we cheddar got a lot of time. See, I was going to say for cheddar instead of forever. But I thought, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing puns. We're, we're adults. This is not how we make a living. You're right. It's not how we make a living, is it? No. And we, we should be more mature, like, you know, oh. an aged cheddar. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So I know that you're constantly now thinking of cheese jokes. I'm not. Really, you've need to be moving this on because the audience are losing the will to live I, i'm well aware I, will, I couldn't think of one anyway because my, my my mind's just full of don't holes. do it I, <laughs> like what you, you, i mean it's annoying because you pretend that you're not doing a joke and then you do one it's just a swiss swiss no okay. yeah that was a stretch it was 
Did we Plus, stop because the word only means something in the UK, probably. When has that ever stopped us? That's true. Yeah. So Nerda turns to. Um... I bet our Danish listeners are loving the cheese jokes, though. I bet they are. Yeah. We should, we should, we should edit more in just for them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, eh, damn, these jokes are good. Are they northern? Northern Denmark. It's got a south. It's got a north. It's got an east. It's got a west. Has it got a Lancashire? Everywhere's got a Lancashire right, in okay. spirit. Yeah, quite right. Anyway, let's thing leave is the, though, let's Paul, leave the right? Yeah, but the oh, thing is go. though, no, 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 it's no joke. But the problem is, we know more about chocolate than we ever know about cheese. This is true. So we're very limited by what we can do. Unless it's dipping, then I'm, I'm your man. Yeah, but you don't know different flavors of cheese. I do. There's Dairy Lee. There's um, <laughs> there's um, that that blue one. What's it called? Baby Bell. Yeah, that one, blue, Baby blue Bell. Cheese, yeah. That's not, yeah, it's kind of soft, isn't it? There's um, there's um, there's um, that. What's that one? That's that one that's all creamy. Philadelphia. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah Not really types of cheese, but all right. If it says it on the tin, then it's that's a type of cheese. Yeah, you're all over these cheeses. You're huge. You're like evil on these cheese. You're a I, monster. I am monster cheese. Yeah. This is weird. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay, back, back to, to the, the film. film. Back to the film. So then Nerda turns to two women walking past. One's he a human. turns to two women? No, he turns to two women. Oh, sorry. He turns to two women walking past. One of them's an alien. The other one is a human. And he says, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. Yeah, it's uh, not nice, is it? It's not. It made me laugh, though. The way, the way he says it, it's... Uh... I bet he enjoyed that. I bet he did, yeah. He looks like he's enjoying the whole thing, really, doesn't he? Yeah. So Nada starts ranting about what's going on. When all the aliens start talking into the watches, we've got one who can see, they say. And quickly he leaves, and he notices an alien woman doing her hair in a window. You know, that's like pouring perfume on a pig. He's really he's really being a bit racist with these aliens now, isn't he? Right. Oh, because he's racist against the aliens? Yeah, he's, being, he's, he's, he's crossed the line now, I think, from it being a little bit of fun to being... Quite serious. I mean, if you said this on Twitter now, you'd be well. You, I mean, you'd, you'd be over, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suddenly, two alien cops grab him and tell him to come quietly. You cut yourself shaving, now, quips. You look as shitty to us as we do to you, says one of the officers, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, it's a good concept that they probably do, right? They probably think we're disgusting. Yeah. Although not enough that one of them, right at the end of the movie, isn't having a good time with a human. We'll get there, won't we? Oh, yeah, that's true. Suddenly, Nerda takes them down using a, a trademark clothesline move, doesn't he, from WWF? It would have oh, been at this time. someone's been researching their wrestling moves. I used to watch wrestling back in the 80s. Oh, did you? You yeah. were the big W... Was it WWE? WWF. WWF and WCW I used to watch. Ooh, okay. You didn't know that about me, did you? No, thankfully. <laughs> well, we won't be doing this podcast today. I kept it quiet. Yeah, you have to. And then he grabs one of the guns and he starts blowing them away. You bastards die just like we do, he says. Only not as northern as what I just did it. No, no. So ever the master of stealth, Nerda takes the shotgun from the cop car, wraps a gun belt around him, and he walks out into the street, cocking the weapon, (laughs) doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, he does. And then goes into the first public place he can find. He does. Um, Because the police car swing around a corner, so he enters a bank, and the bank's populated by both aliens and humans. And here he utters that bubblegum line that I used at the start of the show. 
And then he just blows the security guard away, doesn't he? Yeah, but he checks. I mean, he knows they're aliens. Yeah, I, I don't think he ever kills a human in this film, does he? No, he doesn't. That's the point, really, is that to, to the outsider, the other humans, he mm -hmm. looks like he's killing people. Yeah. But he's actually just killing aliens. Yeah. Because he starts blasting away at the bank tellers as well, just blowing mm -hmm. everybody away. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, aliens. And then we have an alien standing in the corner giving a report and a description into his wristwatch stroke communicator. Mama don't like tattletales, says Nada. But before he can blow him away, the alien just beams himself out, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, we didn't see these, that coming. I didn't see that coming. No, wristwatches obviously have these, they've got some sort of beaming apparatus on them. Yeah. So running out of the back of the bank into the alley, Nada sees a weird alien drone thing flying overhead. Who are you, little fella? He asks before he blows that to pieces as well. Yeah, it's just shooting everything now. The stop motion reminded me of the, um, you know, the, the, the weird flying head thing in um, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked very similar. It looks better in black and white, though, I think. Maybe it's the same people that did it. I would, I would imagine so. I would imagine John Carpenter tends to use a lot of the same people. Yep. Suddenly, another cop runs out, and Nada points the shotgun, but this one is a human. So Nada tells him to put down the gun and run away. So at this point, as you said, he's only killing aliens. Yep. Next, we cut to a woman, Holly, walking through a car park. And as she reaches her car, Nardley suddenly jumps out of nowhere, grabs her from behind, and he bundles into the car. Hmm. I'm, I'm reliably informed this is how you get your dates. <laughs> I don't hang out in car parks. No, but the type of women... No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So we see through the glasses that she's a terrified human. She's not an alien. Mm -hmm. He just needs a ride, he tells her. And he gets her to drive them away. As they pull out of the lot, all the cops pass them by and they drive away. Yep. Now in the car, Nada removes the glasses and he instantly seems to get a headache. So wearing these glasses is, is very detrimental to you, it seems. Yeah, it's like, a, it's a... Makes you sick. He describes it as a, it's a high, but the come down is terrible afterwards. Mm -hmm. I've words it a lot better than that, but yeah. And then he asks Holly if she's married. It's it's like you using VR glasses. Oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, Sweat was pouring off me. I was dizzy. I thought my head was going to explode. But that was just because you were moving around, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was moving around. I got yeah. very disorientated. Oh. Really? I started by by facing the TV screen, and when I took them off, I was pointing in a completely different direction. <laughs> I started facing the TV screen when I took them off. I was in the middle of the town square. <laughs> it was a bit like that, yeah. Mm. Honestly, it's so hot. Sweat was pouring off me. Oh, is that that's just because you don't do those kind of things? You can't. It, oh, it just it was the the, the oppressiveness of it. Oh, okay. On, you know, so, just, you, so you didn't enjoy it at all, then? I didn't enjoy it at all, no. Hmm. All right. No, no. I won't be doing that again. I want to try that Battle Tanks one. I, you know what? The one thing, the one the one that would tempt me, I think, would be the Star Trek one. Oh, the uh, Bridge Commander yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, and especially okay. as they're, they're bringing out um, a TNG add-on. Yes, now, that's it? true, yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Hmm. But, you know, it's not worth vomiting over. No, not, not much is. I find, personally. Yeah, he asks Holly if she's married for some reason, doesn't he? Yeah, that's really out of the blue. It is out of the blue. 
And she says that she is, but he sees right through her lies, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that maybe he asks because he's wondering, because he wants to take him. Yeah, maybe to her there's someone Foster. else at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That's, yeah, that works. And Meg Foster's got amazing eyes, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes you want to take them out and keep them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> is, that, is, that not, is that not all right? Okay. So reaching Holly's place, Nerda and Holly go inside. And they're watched by, by these two neighbours, aren't they? Yes. Are they supposed to be a couple, do you think? you think this is supposed to be funny? Because one of them kind of goes, hmm, doesn't he, like that, as he walks away. I didn't know whether, like, they were just surprised that she's finally got someone coming home. Or, or maybe they like him. They're mm. attracted because he's all muscly and stuff. I don't know. Either way, it's a bit weird, and it doesn't hold yeah. up today, does it? Nope. It seems a bit odd. So inside, which is decorated in a very 80s style, isn't it? Um, Nerda collapses on the couch and removes the glasses. Um, as you said, he, taking them off is like some sort of come down from a drug, isn't it? Yeah. So they talk and Nerda apologises, saying that he just needed her to get away and that he's not going to hurt her. And she plays it really cool, doesn't she? That even when Nerda starts ranting about creatures being everywhere, she still plays it really, really cool. She's very calm and collected. Yeah, I have a theory about that, but... Oh, right, okay. Um, You want to share that now or later? I'll share it later. Okay. So she starts stringing him along. I don't mean literally sort of... Put him on a string? Yeah. Yeah, she's got loads of men. (laughs) One after the other. She hangs him from a tree. (laughs) Is it like that Monty Python sketch where she takes him upstairs and all the milkmen are in the the bedroom? Yeah, (laughs) and then then she joins them all together with a string. (laughs) One of them's a skeleton. Creates a decoration out of them. You're getting very dark these days. Oh, she lights them up. Only on the 12th of June, because it's a special day. Oh, all right. Okay. So, uh, just for any police out there <laughs> listening, you know. It's not me. Know. This is her that she does this. Oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all her, Colin. Yeah. yeah You're not projecting at all. You're not projecting at all. On a piece of string. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, he asks her to put on the glasses, to which she kind of tells him what's the point, doesn't she? Because... She says even if she doesn't see what he sees, she'll tell him that she does anyway. That's a fair argument. That's how marriages work, isn't it? Can you explain that? No. Uh, so seemingly okay. uh, surrendering control, she sits and watches as, exhausted, he appears to start to nod off. Mm. But as she starts to edge away, he mumbles, don't fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Have you ever said then, that in real life? Don't f- No. Have you not? Have you? No. <laughs> I've said it such a cowboy. <laughs> <clears throat> no. No, yeah, that's, bad. that's better. Right, so saying that she's thirsty, she, he allows her to uh, go and pour herself a drink. And bringing the glass and the bottle over, she looks out the window. So calming down, Nerda apologises and asks Holly what she does. It turns out that she's an assistant programme director at the local news station. Mm-hmm. So realising that this could help, Nada jumps to his feet and he grabs the TV remote. I presume that he's going to show her the, um, the hidden signals on the television. Yes, that's what I thought. But suddenly, she smashes the bottle right over his head and pushes him out the window. And it's a hell of a fall through that window. It is, and when she does it, it was so sudden and so loud, I literally jumped. There are two moments where that happens in this film. Mm-hmm. Of genuine, like, whoa! It's really effective as well. 
Yeah, yeah. What's the other moment? Oh, have we not got there yet? Not got there, it's later. And he nosedives straight out the window. And it's a pretty high fall, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. And he roll. He, he lands and he rolls onto a patch of dirt. Meanwhile, Holly's on the phone now to the police as Nerda picks himself up and he staggers away, coming to a rest under the roof, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's the foundations because the house is on a hillside yeah so. it's one of those weird sort of yeah it has yeah. columns in the ground mm-hmm. and he hides under it yeah and as holly's uh, put on hold her eyes drift down to the sunglasses that nerd has dropped on the floor will she won't she i don't know will she oh, are you asking me oh well, who else was asking i don't know no i was i was uh, it was a hypothetical will she won't oh, she okay cool thank goodness for that there's also that hint as well isn't there that maybe she already knows Ah, well, this was, this is my point, is that I wondered if she is already in cahoots with the aliens at this point. Mm-hmm. Not later, but here, at this point, already. Yeah, yeah. could be. Yeah. Could be. So Nada, hearing the approaching sirens, manages to pick himself up, and he lurches away. Lurches? Lurches. It's not a word you hear very often, is it? No, not outside of a Mel Brooks film. Only pages are sticking together. <laughs> well, stop. Getting excited. That was the paper I used. What? Special sticky paper? It is. Um, <laughs> look, let me explain something to you. Go on. White, normal paper is for writing. Yeah. Sticky paper, catching flies. Is that what it is? I've knew yeah. that. Classic schoolboy error. Schoolboy error. Um, and, it, and trust me, you got a loo, really don't mix it up. <laughs> oh, could you imagine that? Yeah. Rip. Yeah. Especially with my ass. Be, yeah, it'd be like that American actor, Rip Tarn. So now it's night and still hurting. Nada hunkers down for the night, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And then it's morning and there's more shots of him walking around until back at, he's back at the building site. Nada manages to get the attention of Frank, who's less than pleased to see him. I've had a rough couple of days, says Nada. He has, it's fair enough. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been thrown out of a window. Go on. No, I'm just saying we've all been thrown out of a window, haven't we? Have you been thrown out of a window? I haven't, no, I haven't been thrown out of a window. I fell out of a window. Well, Wait, when did you fall out of a window? Well, um, last year, our back door, the, the key broke in the lock. Right. And I needed to uh, get out into the back garden to, um, um, I think I'd hung some washing out on the line. Right. And you can't get into the back garden. There's no, there's no back gate or anything to our house. It's literally... Through your French doors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Patio doors. Okay. So, so I had to climb out the window to get in the garden. Which window? The the, the back window in 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 the dining room. Ah, okay. And I, I started to climb, and it seemed like a really good idea at the time until I leaned forward too too far and fell face first onto the floor outside. Hey, right, two questions. Go on. Were you on your own? Yeah. Okay. How was you planning on getting back in? I climbed back through. The, getting in would be easier because I've got garden furniture out there I could push against the the wall. So getting in was fine. Getting out was, was the difficult part. I'm just curious. Did, did anybody film this? You'd love that, wouldn't you? Oh, God, God yes. <laughs> it was concrete that fell on as well because the, our lawn only starts a few feet away from the house. You yeah. landed face first? Yeah, on the concrete. Yeah, that's all right. It hurt as well. It the concrete? Was the concrete yeah. all right? Concrete was fine. Oh. Solid, yeah. That's good. Yeah. 
That's yeah. expensive stuff to get repaired. I don't think my face is going to damage concrete. No, that's true. That's true. Mm. I mean, I know I'm a tough maverick guy, but I'm not that hard. That's right. But you, but then when you hit the concrete, you probably just like <clears throat> just kind of fold it because you know play-doh <laughs> absorb the blow. It, it did look kind of like when you you get a, a, a soft donut and you throw it against the wall. I can visualize that. Yeah, there you go. Wow. It was a bit like that. It was a bit. Oh, like okay. Interesting. And it, and it was raining. Oh, that was, why, that was no. why I needed to bring the washing in. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That was interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> I found it scintillating. So Frank obviously knows about what happened with Nada, uh, uh, him going around blasting people in the streets, because he tells him to just get lost, doesn't he? That he doesn't want the trouble. Yeah, I imagine it's all over the news. Yeah. So back on the street, Nada finds his face. There we go. He finds his face is plastered all over the news. How did they get that picture of him? Because it's a picture, his hair's different. He's kind of younger looking. Mm-hmm. They don't know his name. So how did they trace who he is to get that picture? He has a criminal record and left fingerprints on the bank scene. And that's how they got that picture? Yeah, that's his picture they have from his criminal record from when he was younger. It was a petty crime that he did. Oh, thanks. thank you for filling in the, uh, the dots there. You're welcome. All right. I mean, in reality, I assume it's the picture that Roddy Piper has in his, you know... Portfolio. It does look like one of those pictures. Yeah. He's kind of smiling in it as well. I think. <laughs> they do that a lot in TV and films, right? I know. Yeah, they do. It's clearly the, uh, you know, the stage picture that they have the PR publicity photograph in a, that someone's put in a frame. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at my son. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, is he an actor? Because you know that's a PR shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that a lot, don't you? Yeah. So going back to the alley where he originally left the boxes of glasses, Nerda finds that the garbage truck has emptied the bin. So he climbs into the back of the truck to find the box. But suddenly yeah, the truck dumps him and the rubbish all out onto the floor. He's lucky that the truck's still there. He is. It's fortuitous, you see. Yeah. There's a lot see? of that in this film. Yeah, but you didn't know I knew that word, did you? No, you looked it up. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. So suddenly Frank appears out of the blue. They yeah, why does... How does how, oh, that's how? Okay. I'm guessing he's followed him. All right. And he's actually a nicer guy than he pretends. He's obviously got a conscience because he hands him some money. He says, it's uh, one week's pay. It's the best that I can do, which is kind of nice. Especially as uh, Nader doesn't appear to have done one week's work. Well, yeah, he's not done anything, has he, for anybody. So putting on a pair of glasses, Nader checks Frank out. He's a human. Got to make sure. So uh, what we get next is a complex and erudite debate wherein Nada tries to convince Frank that it would be best for everyone concerned if he just put on a pair of the sunglasses and saw for himself what all the fuss was about. That's right. Actually, what we get is one of the longest punch-ups in cinema history, isn't it? Yeah, now, do you think this is a parody on fight scenes? Well... Or did you think John Carpenter just liked watching them fight? Well, apparently this fight scene was only supposed to be like about 30 seconds long. Uh-huh. But he, John Carpenter let Keith David and Roddy Piper uh, work it all out for themselves. And he was watching them choreograph it. And they put all these moves in that seemed to go on and on. And he thought, I kind of like that. I think I'll just use the whole thing. Yeah, it goes on for a while. It does go on for a while. It's a great scene, though, isn't it, I think? I mean, the, the sound effects alone are so over the top. Wait, no, they're real. Oh, is that, is that what a fist does, is it? Yeah. Ow! There you go, see? There's no need for that. 
Oh, that's how it works. All right, I'm going to have to start fighting. Reminds me of the uh, the great John Wayne punch-ups in films like Quiet Man, don't you think? The uh, way that people are getting punched really over the top here and then just getting up again. Yeah. Roddy Piper gets to do a few wrestling moves, doesn't he? He picks, he picks uh, Keith David up and throws him to the floor a few yeah. times. I especially like the repeated knee to the groin that he does to him at one point. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> He's just laying on top of him, just kneeing him in the groin over and over again. It is your signature it move. It is, it is, it is. It doesn't matter how big you are, knee to the balls, you'll go down. Hopefully, says Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the bit where Nerda swings a big plank of wood and smashes the windscreen of the car, and he instantly kind of goes... Oh, I'm sorry, man, because he realised that he would have killed him if he'd actually hit him with it. Yeah, right. That is funny. <laughs> mm. yeah. But do you like this scene, then? It was always one of those scenes, wasn't it, that when we were kids, people would talk about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. I've grown to like it. I went for a period where I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I've grown to like it and appreciate it for what it is. Was that your anal period? I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> your pretentious anal period. Um... Or has that ever stopped, Colin? There's no, there's no such thing, because you don't understand the meaning of that word. Well, anal, I do. I know you know that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, didn't you Didn't you once tell me the... Uh, you gave me a long lecture about pretentious, didn't you? No, I just said that you think pretentious is anything that you've not heard of or aware of. I disagree with that entirely. I think you're just no. being pretentious. <laughs> it's like any food, any film any music or any clothing or anything that you've never heard of is pretension that's not true there's lots of things i've heard of that i think are pretentious yeah i'm not saying there's things you've heard of pretentious but i'm saying that anything you haven't heard of is pretentious. as well as things i have heard of yeah that you've decided are pretentious well then that means because that they're things just that you not don't what like. i think pretentious is is it yeah you just don't know what the meaning is you just use it for anything that you don't like so you're not pretentious no, I like certain things that you don't like, and I like certain ways of thinking that you don't like, but it's not pretentious. I don't do it for the sake of being pretentious. I do it because I like something or don't like something, or I'm willing to try something that hasn't been tried before. That's another thing that you think is pretentious. No, it's not. I try lots of things. You tried nothing. I've tried loads of things. Nothing. I've tried living down south. That's stuck. Oh, that's pretentious. <laughs> so eventually the fight ends after about four hours. And Nerda finally gets the glasses onto Frank, blowing his mind as he sees the aliens in the street and the world beneath the world. Mm, world beneath the world, hey? Yeah. Did you like that? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, it was good. Brother, says Nerda, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Not sure yeah. what he means by that. Nope. Great line. Don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. So Frank and Nerda, now both wearing the, wearing the glasses and nursing their wounds, stagger into a shady hotel. And get a room for the night. Oh, good. oh. Tem- temperatures will be lower. Why? Be cooler, be cooler in the hotel because it's shady. God, <laughs> you said it. Not me. I know I did, and I instantly regretted it. Um, I do like how they're playing it like they're really tired, old, beaten men here. Well, they have just had a seven-hour fight. That's what I mean. It's, it's, oh, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's done. It's done for comedy, really. Got isn't it. it the way it yep. So they're, 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 in the, they're in the room, and um, Nerda looks over at Frank and says, Ain't love grand. So later, Frank is looking out the window at all the subliminal bilbo... <laughs> Rewind. All the subliminal bilbos? <laughs> Rewind. I, I always remember that in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> subliminal bilbos. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, he pretended to have the ring, but didn't, but was keeping little secret messages to <laughs> Gandalf when no one was looking. So, Luminal Bilbo. Yes, absolutely. So, he's looking out the window, all the subliminal... I still can't bloody say it. You know what I mean. All the billboards. We all know what you mean. And Nida warns him not to wear the glasses for too long because of the headaches. Right. So, Frank gets irate, asking who they are and where they came from. Well, they ain't from Cleveland, says Nida. Although there's probably some in Cleveland. Well, yeah, they're everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. So he's wrong. He's wrong. What does he know? Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and they decide to try and find the makers of the glasses. So later in the evening, having a, a beer in their room, Nada has this weird tonal scene where he talks about how his dad was physically violent to him as a kid, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. It just kind of comes out of the blue. It's like, I didn't know we were watching this movie. I thought no. we were watching the movie with aliens and fights that go on for 20 minutes. And then he says, I ain't daddy's little boy anymore. And then it's never mentioned again. No. Weird. Mm. Do you think that was maybe a, um, a leftover from what the script probably used to be <laughs> before they changed it? I don't know whether it's... Or it could I be mean... from the story, the short story. Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you draw a connection between the aliens and how they're treating the humans and his father and how he treated him i don't know is what the aliens are doing is that te is technically abuse i mean because the humans are getting a pretty good deal out of it from all i can see he's living that world happily well well i'll we'll talk about it when we get to a scene later with the drifter when he makes a reappearance okay and i'll give you my views on that all right, all right. yeah it's a, it's an odd scene so Frank wonders if the aliens have always been amongst us, using and feeding on all humanity's dark and cold-hearted natures. I've got news for them, says Nada. There'll be hell to pay, because I ain't daddy's little boy no more. It's an interesting concept, though, isn't it? Which came first, the aliens or the humans? Yeah, it is. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. However, the aliens have always been there. Mm -hmm. Sort of guiding us to this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's not like an invasion. It's just that they're living there. Yeah, yeah, kind of a um, kind of a, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And you have no idea how hard it was to get that word out then. Oh, no, I saw your face. No, I mean, not symbiotic. That was easy. Relationship. That was the hard one. Yeah. You do have problems with that word. <laughs> so next day, Frank, buying some groceries, is followed back to the hotel by Gilbert, who makes a reappearance, who's also wearing some sunglasses. Yeah, Gilbert just happens to be there. Yep, yep. So has he been following them or bided yeah, his time? It's one of the things, uh, maybe, I don't know if to talk about it now or later, but there's a lot of coincidence in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gives them guns and the address of a resistance meeting later that night. So Nerd and Frank go to the meeting where a group of people, men, women and children, are all discussing... Yes, yes people. Yeah, they're technically people, even children, <laughs> discussing the aliens. And they're given contact lenses to put in that uh, do the same job as the glasses, but with less pain. Yeah. It's kind of a neat uh, thing. Yeah, so your actors don't have to wear sunglasses all the time. It's a shame, though, because the sunglasses look is, is quite, it's quite a good look. I've seen you rocking that look. I've seen you rocking that look. Particularly in, yeah. in a picture that we found online not long ago when oh, we were kids. That's true. That's yeah. true. And I, I still wear sunglasses now. You still wear the white trousers? 
no, uh, I've and the jumper, so I... the jumper from Bullseye that you're wearing. Fashions have changed, Paul. <laughs> have they? Although I'm sure, although I'm sure it'll come around again at some point, and I'll be like trendy again. Yeah, I'm sure. Again. Again. Yes, again. <laughs> That's right. right. I was. I was so cool. If you if you'd snap snapped me in half, coolness would have been written all the way through me. I mean, also no refunds would have been written, but coolness would have been there. <laughs> right next to it. Yeah. In very small writing. Uh, the coolness would be there. Are no refunds is in huge writing. That's what I mean. No mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so on a TV, the hackers still talking about the subliminal messages that the aliens are, are transmitting through the televisions. Even when it's turned off now, apparently, they can send them. Yeah. So, yeah. That's another thing this film does. It kind of moves the goalpost, changes what's mm-hmm. going on as it kind of progresses. Yeah. So Gilbert tells them that the, the streets are crawling with cops, most of which are duped humans mm. working with the aliens. And he goes on to explain how many humans are selling out to the aliens um, by job promotions, huge bank accounts, etc. And this is where I would say, sign me up. I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't see want... any I can't see any negatives in any of this. No, no. I mean, duped humans was a great punk band. How many times am I going to do that joke? <laughs> As many every, times as we want. Every episode. Yeah. If you don't, if you trust me, if you, listeners, if you don't want us to do any of these jokes anymore, then write to us. But you don't write to us, so we're going to keep doing them. Yeah, you, you're complicit with your silence. Exactly. That must mean you want more. And we're going to give it to you. encouragement to Paul. Yeah, I'd, I'd sell out in a heartbeat. Yeah. I could see you selling out. Oh, yeah, like you wouldn't. Oh, I'd resist to the very last fibre of my being. What's yeah. that snow drum? Did a snow drum just walk in? <laughs> I thought we knew that I was deflating. Oh. Um, you you you'd be the first one in the line. That's you you think so low of me. What what in our past history would make you think I'd be first in line? Uh, I remember I remember a conversation once where you said to me that if you Anyway, ever sold... let's move on. So at this point I'm wondering what the aliens are get, actually getting out of this themselves. So are they killing people or are they and replacing them? Or are they adding new people as aliens to well, this civilization? Luckily, the hacker then goes on to explain that the Earth is slowly being changed, that the atmosphere is being acclimatized to theirs under our noses. I'm glad it was pointed out because at this point, I really couldn't see the negatives in anything that they're doing. No, but I still can't. Unless they're so they're killing humans, and I would the imagine eventually, the, yeah, eventually we'll die out, won't we? It's a very long-term plan. Yeah, and as long as it doesn't happen for about forty, fifty years, I'm set. Yeah, yeah. Forty, fifty years. Wow, you're really optimistic about your own <laughs> lifespan. <laughs> well, you've got to be positive, haven't you? Yeah, well, there's positive, then there's dreaming. <laughs> You don't think I'm going to see 90? All right. Um... <laughs> okay, all right. Gilbert uses the analogy I that... was amazed you saw nine. <clears throat> you didn't know me when I was nine. I know, but afterwards, retrospectively. Oh. Hey, still on brand. Yeah. Gilbert uses the analogy that the Earth is the third world, which I thought that was quite interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, 
in in terms of the fact that, that you know the West takes everything it needs out of the third world and then just lets it rot most of the time. Mm. Don't. Ooh, bit of politics. Just a touch, not just too much. Touch. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. Gilbert says that we need a, an assault crew to hit them and hit them hard. And Nerda tells them that you got it. And if, if I was Frankie, I'd be edging for the door, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's like, don't, 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 yeah, don't, don't lump me in all this. Yeah, I don't want to be in the assault crew. I want to be in the pepper one. They're actually used. No one wants them. They come in afterwards. <laughs> Sprinkled. Here and there. Okay. So a resistance member... <laughs> A resistant member talks about the aliens communicator beam thing, watch thing. Yeah. And he gives one to Frank. I presume one that he's taken from a dead alien at some point. Well, yeah, not a live alien. Oh, unless, up, he? he could have took it off somewhere and then he just pinched it, I suppose. Oh, could have, yeah, yeah. So Nerder and Frank listen to Gilbert. In uh, an alien changing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know, would you? No, so on the side. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, or when an alien was going on holiday and they put it through the x ray, switched mm-hmm. it with a dud. Yeah, yeah, there's always yeah. ways. Ways around yeah, these things. right, yeah. So Nerder and Frank listen to Gilbert giving a lecture on how people need to keep a low profile by the time until they can locate where the signal's coming from. Mm. But then a voice interrupts from the crowd, telling them that the signal definitely, absolutely not, isn't coming from the local TV station. It's Holly! Turns out, hey. turns out she did, or did she, put on the glasses after all. Yeah. Mm. I'm supposed to remind you of something, aren't I? Yep, when she turns up and they have a conversation, you know, they're talking, and then mm-hmm. there's suddenly an explosion goes off. Mm-hmm. That's a really surprising explosion. Oh, that made you jump as well, did it? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Didn't make you jump, took it, because you're a tough guy maverick, right? Didn't make me jump as much as when he took the nosedive out the window when she hit him with the ball. Okay. But then again, as you say, I am a tough guy maverick, so... I think I'm going to put that. I'm going to change my uh, Facebook status to uh, tough guy maverick. Change it to Play-Doh. <laughs> no, nosediving Play-Doh. <laughs> All right. It's not, quite, it's not quite as sexy, but, you know. Why do you want to be sexy, Paul? Why wouldn't you? So Holly seems sorry for what she did, explaining that she um, she wants to help now. Yeah. When, as you said, suddenly there's an explosion. And yeah, what? That wasn't that. Sh- that was. <laughs> Is that what it was? Because that really wasn't that sh- startling. I have to say. <laughs> okay, I was too far away from the mic. So there's the explosion, and black uniformed soldiers burst in, and they start mowing everyone down with machine guns. <laughs> What's funny about that? Is that you get your kicks? <laughs> no. Is it- <clears throat> it's just the word bowling. They're not yeah. using a fly mow. No. no. Do you ever have a fly mow? I've still got one. Oh, you, oh, you have a proper fly mow? I've got a real fly mow, yeah. Love the fly mow. I've not, I've not been able to do it lately, though, because it's been so dry that the, the, the lawns have just died. I just love how it glides. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a miniature uh, land speeder from Star Wars, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I always enjoyed it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. mowing the lawn. Loved it. Oh, I'm glad you found something productive to do when you were a kid. I'll, I'll mow so... your lawn when I come over. <laughs> Look at him, he's itching to get hold of my fly mow now. Yeah. Can't wait. Mow, mow, be like, why, why, is, why, why is Colin stood in the garden crying? Fly, <laughs> she's in the fly mow. <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's nostalgia. All right. <laughs> All right. You can come and mow my lawn. I've got two. I've got one at the front and one at the back. 
It's not a euphemism, right? No, no, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be careful these days. No, no, I know no, what no. you like. I've got two real lawns made of grass, one at the front, one at the back. You can mow, oh, okay. mow them both if you like. No, I don't want to do one. Stay on. Nostalgia only lasts so long. Look at our podcast. You're probably better off doing the back one, because if you do the front one, the neighbours come out and talk to you. Oh, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, Plus, that's that going to weird them out when a stranger's mowing your lawn. I'll say you... you, you, you a nice day of yes in them. Oh, yeah, that's I'll, that's what I'd say. I'd say, oh, I'm the gardener. You're the butler. Yeah, no, no, gardener. You know, and then I'd just go, I work for Rachel, and then tap my nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be funny if you said you work for Paul and then tap your nose, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be good, yeah. <laughs> the neighbours around here are really square, so... That, well, that, that's that would weird. What? You don't mean actually square. No, 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 they're not. They're not conservative. Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that would be fun. So anyway, back to the film. Oh, what's your film? Yeah. Cool. So they're shooting everyone dead, and Gilbert's killed at this point as well. It's a bloodbath. The splatter is out of control. Hmm. You like a bit of out of control splatter, don't you? I like a bloodbath too. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that about yeah. Yeah. So you know, double, double bubble. Double bubble, yes. Yeah. So Nada and Frank make it out of there, and Holly um, manages to get out of another door, and there's a pitch battle erupts in the streets and the alleys. And Nada looks like he's really enjoying himself, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he like does. he's killing the aliens left, right, and centre with his machine gun. And at one point, he's doing the classic '80s one-handed machine gun pose, isn't he? As he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Love a bit of that. It's tough. Do. Yeah. Tough guy. Yeah. yeah. It's a good action sequence, though, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. Hiding in an alley, Frank fiddles with the watch as soldiers close in. And suddenly, the watch opens a portal and Nerda and Frank jump in. Nice effect. Yeah, I always like to jump in a hole. I'm not even going there. So, finding no, themselves... You don't, you don't like holes? You're not going there? I don't jump into holes that I don't know where they've been or where they go to. Yeah, that's... Your past history will suggest otherwise, <laughs> but okay. So, they find themselves in a long corridor. And Nada posits that they might be in an underground base. Posits? Yeah, I, I got that one. Yeah, see? It's not a word that Nada would use, though, that's all. It's no, just... it's a word that I would use. Are you <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're always positing. Exactly. On a tannoy, a voice says that bilingual signs are posted in all corridors. Making their way along, they see aliens using the communications device, which is the same prop from Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah, the PK detectors. Yeah. You see it quite a few times as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder what the deal was with that. How mm. they got them. But apparently that prop turns up a lot in, in other movies. It's, it's like the, um, the neon blinking on and on an off again tube that is in the Star Trek films. That turns up in a lot of films as well. Yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah. The operation's been successful, um, someone tells them. And um, the resistance has apparently been wiped out. And these guards are really happy about it, aren't they? Yep. So finally, Nerder and Frank find themselves in a big reception dinner room where the elite, both aliens and humans, are celebrating how successful they're doing. It feels decadent, opulent, slimy. Like all political gatherings, isn't it? Yeah, like the Paul fan club. What's wrong with them? Don't oh, start picking little, on them. They're a little weird. All two of them. <laughs> there might be three. 
You're, you're a member, aren't Why, you? Why? You got an extra relative? Oh, no, I'm not a member. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen your name on the list. Yeah, that's someone else just using my name as a pseudonym. Oh, is it? To, one of those to fake protect Facebook their accounts. Yeah. yeah. Alright, okay, alright. So to look inconspicuous, our heroes stand at the back of the, the uh, dinner room, listening, when a hand clasps Nerder on the back, and a suited, booted, expertly quaffed man greets them, congratulating them on joining the team. And it's the homeless drifter we last saw in the camp, watching the television. So playing along, Nerder and Frank allow the drifter to give them a tour, which the aliens seem to just let him do. Yeah, there's no check-in. No. Uh... No security. Well, security, but they don't do anything. Yeah, they're just kind of wandering around, aren't they? Yep. And Drifter shows off his watch, and then he takes them to a room where aliens are beaming back to their home world. Mm. A nice effect shot as well, isn't it, of a planet and a star field as people are sort of converted to balls of energy and then shot through space. Oh, hate being converted to a ball of energy and shot through space. It happens more time than you think, really, doesn't it? Telling me. Can you imagine being shot through space but not being converted to it as a ball of energy? I was once, and this, I don't mean to go off topic, I was once shot through space as a cuboid of energy. I felt that for a week. That's going to that's that's gonna sting. Yeah, it is, it is. Those edges are not nice. It's, it's going to hurt as bad as Cockburn. Um, yeah, it does, it does, because it's everywhere, really. Well, all right then. Uh... <laughs> So I like the look of um, shock on Nerda's face. He's never seen anything like this before, has he? No. Well, no, he wouldn't. Why would he? Who has? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So you're saying that so later, the acting's sorry. good? That's what you're saying. The acting's good from, from Roddy Piper. I wonder what they did to get that look out of him. Waved a couple of chicken wings under his nose, maybe? I don't know. Did you ever hear the Hitchcock story? No, go on. There's an... Um, because um, this is off the cuff. I can't remember the actual film. Off the what? Off, off the, the what? Off the cuff. <laughs> because this is off the cuff, <laughs> right. I can't remember the actual film. I think it's 39 Steps. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Googie Withers was telling the story. And there was this other actress in the film, and she was supposed to look scared at something. And she kept doing this look, this frantic look, and it wasn't working. And Hitchcock was going, cut, cut, oh, cut. And so they broke for lunch. And when they came back, this actor, she did a perfect, horrified look, and it turned out that Hitchcock had flopped his cock out. <laughs> Googie Withers told the story. I don't know if it's true. So uh, there's nothing like a story of a 1950s sex pest director, is there? Nothing. No. Nothing like it. I mm. except a 1960s story of it, and a 1970s, and probably and a 1980s, 1980s. Yeah. and a 19. 19- <laughs> Do you know what though? What? If ever you need me to have that well, well done. You know, Where's instant this going? look of instant look of surprise or horror or whatever, please don't do that. So anyway, later they're walking through the corridors until they emerge into a control room. And conveniently the drifter explains that here is where the signal is being beamed from. Oh, that was helpful. It was. So Nerda asks for a closer look. And the drifter says that he can arrange that, turning to a guard and asking if they can go into the recording studio. He should have just got his binoculars out. A closer look. Has he still got them? I don't know. I haven't seen him for a while. Maybe he sold them. It's the kind of thing he'd do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't got his tools anymore, has he, either? No. 
That's true. So the guard asks for authorization, and Nerder and Frank pull out their guns and they shoot him and kill him. Yeah, authorize this, baby. They do. They don't say that, but it would have been good though. Well, would it? The dragging drifter to the door, Nerder gets in to explain that the signal is being beamed out from a transmitter on the roof. So they are at the TV station. Yeah, well, it was convenient. It was, because we know he works at the TV station, don't we? We do, yes. Don't Terry spoil Wogan. it, don't spoil it. Don't, Terry Wogan, not anymore. <laughs> well, um, retrospection, Paul, this is 1987. Oh, yeah, 87. He'd, yeah, he'd be well up for it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he would, yeah. So the drifter tries to convince them to surrender. He tells them that there's no countries anymore. That they may as well just give in and play along. Be greedy. Sounds really familiar now, all this, doesn't it? It does indeed, yeah. yeah it's no wonder David Icke loves this film, though, is it, really? Thinking about yeah, it. surprisingly, more people don't like it, but they mm. probably don't like it because they'd be on the side of the aliens. They would, I mean, particularly certain people. Yeah. Suddenly, more guards burst in, and in the commotion, the drifter uses his watch and he beams away. So yeah. he, he's all right. Yeah, convenient. Where's he gone? Who we knows? Don't know. we'll, we'll never know. Maybe we'll find out in the sequel. Maybe. Bringing stuff back after 30 years is popular these days, isn't it? Yeah. That's true. They live too. They live again. Mm-hmm. They you... relive. That's oh, right. they relive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he could say the line, relive this, sucker. Yeah, yeah. right. Do you think Buck Flo is still alive to reprise um, his role? Probably. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. He was about 90 no. in this, isn't he? And unfortunately, Roddy Piper's died, right? He has, yeah. That was a sad day. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. That was quite a sad... It did sound sarcastic, though, Paul. <laughs> it did, but that's just it. my general voice. I can't really do a lot about that. It is true. Yeah, it is true. So Nerder and Frank run, using a grenade to blast open the door. And once inside, they just start mowing everyone down, don't they, in the newsroom? Oh, mowing again? Yeah. I, I threw it in there because I know you like it. So in the office rooms, Nada's looking for Holly and managing to get to the stairwell, they head for the roof. And we see the PKA meter again, don't we? The prop thing. Yep. Which now seems to be not just a com- com- uh, communicator, but I'm pretty sure he's scanning the wall at one point with it. It does everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a multi-tool. It is. It detects ghosts, communicates, mm-hmm. scans walls. Mm-hmm. Strips paint. Ah, oh, lovely. I want one of those. Yeah. You can't beat a paint stripper, can you? Finally, finding Holly. I'll just move it on quickly so you can't... Yeah. Okay, go, Fi- go. Finally finding Holly, they manage to get to a stairwell leading to the roof. And Nerda says, let's go, and he heads up. But suddenly, Holly pulls out a pistol and puts it against Frank's head. And there's the sound of a gunshot and a quick cutaway. She's a traitor. Mm. And again, so we're going to go with she's become one or she already was one. Um, I never until watching this this time considered the fact that she was always on the alien side. But then that would make sense how she gets away from the uh, raid on the ca- on the uh, resistance church mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And uh, not the church, the resist wherever they're meeting. I don't know what they're meeting. The resistance building. Yeah. Uh, also, how she wasn't kept being questioned when she was taken by Nada earlier. Mm-hmm. It would explain if she was always just in line with him and that she was just a news host who worked for them. Yeah, I think I'd go with that as well. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
By the way, as well, Keith David, he, he's only in two John Carpenter movies, but he always seems to get memorable final moments in, in both of them, doesn't he? I uh, memorable so much that I'm trying to remember <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the thing. The thing? He's the, he's okay, the last guy the sitting around the campfire at the end with Kurt Russell. That's one, right. One of them's a monster, or maybe both of them are. You just don't know. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. I like him. I think he's, he's, a, he's a nice performer, I think. Did he do a lot of films? He turns up in a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah. He, a lot of TV stuff as well, I think. Hmm. And he's, all, he's always good in, in everything that, that I've ever seen him in, even the stuff that's rubbish. And he's done a lot of rubbish, I think. Nice. I was very well, ju- nice judgmental. Wasn't it? Yeah, I was. <laughs> so what we do here. So yeah. on the roof, Nada finds the control tower. It's a huge dish. I'll tell you what, I bet you could probably get late night RTL on that back in 1987, couldn't you? <laughs> Now, here's a question. Do, do, Go on. Did you do that? Did I what? I mean, did you have satellite when in the early <laughs> days of UK satellite? I had it not in the very, very early days, but we got it after you. Okay. And did you spend your nights trying to tune into foreign channels of a European persuasion? Yeah, because they were showing um, uh, episodes of TNG that we didn't have yet, and they were showing episodes of... Um, you know, all those shows yeah. That, that, yeah, 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 yeah that's why yeah. I was doing in, it. I don't, know, I don't know why you were doing it. And um, in German. In German, yeah, but, you know. So, so, so it had been, what, Russian Enterprise or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the only reason. What were you doing it for? Then? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, boobs, mostly. Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were some odd things, weren't there? Yeah, it was funny though. Like, was it RTL Plus and mm-hmm. all weird European channels you could try and like scan through to mm-hmm. find them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they soon realised, didn't they? And they cut all that yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, well, those are the days, eh? So he's about to blast the control tower when Holly appears behind him, aiming her gun at him. You can't win, she tells him, as choppers now surround them both. Dropping his gun, Nada looks sadly at Holly before suddenly he pulls out another gun from his gun belt and he shoots her dead. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, well, she's going to kill him. Yeah. And turning, choice. Yeah. Turning back to the dish, he utters the immortal words, fuck it, and then he fires directly into the dish. It explodes and the men in the chopper open fire, riddling Nada with bullets. And he falls backwards and he gives the chopper the finger. Nice. So he's dead, I guess. I think so, yes. Yeah. It's a very... Uh, I'm going to mention this a little bit in the summing up at the end, but this is a very 70s kind of ending, I think. Mm, yeah. Isn't it? Very nihilistic yeah. ending. Yeah. And the dish now, it explodes, and the signal cuts off. And then all over the world, people start seeing the aliens for who they are at last. I liked how, as the female newsreader is revealed to be an alien, a voice shouts, Gloria looks like shit! <laughs> That didn't make me laugh. Yeah. And we get another shot of an alien in a bar watching another alien on TV talking about how filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter need to show restraint. Yeah. Very meta. Very. So then we get the final shot of the movie. It's a naked woman having sex. And she looks down at the man. And the alien looks back at her and asks, What's wrong, baby? And that's the end of They Live. So, Colin. This is one of those films that you should not analyse. Mm-hmm. Because I realised that the main character does nothing in this film. A lot like another John Carpenter movie, isn't it? 
Yeah, but it's really like everything is done for them or it's coincidence. Mm-hmm. I was thinking and, of Big Trouble. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but then in Big Trouble, don't other characters around him do the stuff? Yeah, they do. Yeah. In this, it seems like things just happen. Mm-hmm. Like, how does Gilbert find where they are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just given a watch that allows him to get out. Oh, this hole just happens to open up to where the TV station is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in this film, and I never really thought about that before. Mm-hmm. It's still a good film, really. Yeah. I like the lines that are in it. And whilst I don't think Piper's the greatest actor in the world, he certainly does a good job here, and he's likable in it. Mm-hmm. I like some of the effects of the aliens. Yeah. I think the story makes a little sense, especially as it seems to change the rules as it progresses. I mean, why does the satellite dish at the end fire out a laser? Why Why does the glasses make them hear things? Yeah, know, hear yeah. The little sat- yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. And I like the message, which is more prevalent now than it was back then. Absolutely. So, uh, for me... Ooh. Go on. It's a hit. Hey, there we go. But it's not my favourite John Carpenter film. No. I'm a big John Carpenter fan. Especially I'm a fan of his, his first few films, Halloween, Dark Star, The Thing. They're all classics. Ooh, now we have to have a conversation about Dark Star at some point. Yes. His later work, starting from... The late 80s, he's always a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But honestly, I really enjoy this film. It's fun, like you said. It has a wickedly humorous sensibility to it, I think. I like the subtext, but honestly, if you mm. chose to ignore the subtext, you'd still have a fun little action movie adventure film, wouldn't you? Yes. Piper would never win any awards, but he does suit it. Yeah. For, for what you need him to do in the film, he, he delivers, I think. Yeah. He's got a good deadpan delivery to his few lines that he's got. And he plays a good tough guy who's also a bit of a dick. The supporting cast are all good, and the chemistry between Piper and Keith David, it does feel real. And apparently they did get on really well. Yeah, I can see that. I like the alien makeup. I mean, it's silly, but it's it's what I would call plausibly silly. You, you laugh at it, and it looks silly, but you kind of accept it. Right. And the idea that they could get away with all this can feel... It, it, it's either convincing or it's ludicrous, depending on where you are in the film, isn't it? Yeah. But overall, I can I can imagine this being made in the 70s with Charlton Heston. It's got that Omega Man vibe to it, I think. Okay, yeah, that's what you were talking about mm. by the end of it. Mm-hmm. It does feel like a very 70s movie. And I think Charlton Heston could have played this part as well. Because he was that kind of tough guy, wasn't he? That kind of yeah. tough, you know. And I'm never bored watching it. So for me, it's a hit. Wow. There you go. All right. So that's it for They Live. If you've enjoyed this or any of our episodes, then please rate and review us wherever you listen. You can also email us at retrospection at email.com. You can find us on Twitter at Retrospecky and on Facebook. Um, we also have a Spotify playlist where you can listen to music from some of the films and shows that we've covered already. And if you want to help contribute to the show, you can also donate to our Patreon and you'll receive our undying love and gratitude. And that's what exactly all our current Patreon donators are getting. So, Colin, what will we be talking about next time? Oh, in our next episode, we won't be walking. We won't be striding. We'll be running with Logan's Run from 1976. Not seen it for a while. That should be good. And I think it was actually um, a listener suggestion as well, wasn't it? It was indeed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, keep, we're keeping you happy. It took us a year to get around to it, but we're, we're there. Yeah, so if it's good... Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. If it's not, 
What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>